Homestyle Green, episode 128, where architect Eric Fisher is making green design less boring. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. And this week, I am speaking with architect Eric Fisher, who's doing some fantastic stuff in Pittsburgh. And before we cross over to Eric, just want to say a quick thanks to our sponsors, ProClimber. Now, if you are designing or building a house, then it would be definitely paid to speak to the good folk at ProClimber. They can sort you out with air tightness, barriers, building wraps, tapes, all those things that you need to make your building airtight. Uh, but are also allowing the right amount of vapour permeability through the envelope. And that's important so that you don't get out, uh, end up with condensation problems. They can help you out with the design and also at the construction stage as well because just because you get those things right in the design doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get built right. Now, Eric Fisher is an architect who's had some experience around the world actually uh, and also with some larger firms, but has recent, more recently started up his own practice in Pittsburgh, which he loves. He loves living there. And I started out by asking uh, Eric how cold it gets in Pittsburgh in winter. Well, we'll go, we'll go down well below freezing in the winter for uh, you know, periods of a, a week or, or longer. And there's snow on the ground half the time, I would say. And, uh, and in the summer, we had beautiful falls, uh, springs and uh, and summers in yeah. Pittsburgh. The winter, however, there's uh, something called the lake effect, where uh, uh, the weather comes in from uh, the Great Lakes, which are, are north of us, and we'll have gray skies for periods of, of weeks, it seems, on end. So uh, the, the winters are, are tough, not so much because we get so much precipitation, but because the sun never comes out. Yeah, that right. Stands in rem- Say again, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that stands in remarkable contrast to the, the spring, fall, and summers, which are which are just gorgeous when the when the weather clears up. Have you ever been to Pittsburgh? I have not. I would like to uh, get over there sometime. There's a whole whole bunch of places in the in the states that I'd like to visit. So um, sure. sometime. So sometime. Well, every every year the city wins uh, awards for being among the most livable in the entire world. And uh, the reason for that is that it's relatively cheap to live here. People are friendly. We've got these good sports teams. It's geographically interesting because we have three rivers around which the city is developed. And uh, uh, it's, um, I tell people if I was living in Los Angeles in New York, I'd be in a two-bedroom apartment. But here I could afford to actually build my own home. And how well do you think the buildings respond to that local climate in your area? Well, when I lived out in Los Angeles, uh, and I was there for 10 years, um, the houses featured lots of windows, and places were built in a, I, I couldn't call it modern really, but in a kind of contemporary manner. And uh, uh, there was lots of light there. And because we didn't, they, they didn't experience the same thermal uh, issues that we have in Pittsburgh. Well, uh, they didn't really have to worry so much about uh, insulation and and the problem of uh, of temperature, you know, 
differential in the in the glazing. Now here in Pittsburgh, it's different, but because the the houses tend the existing homes tend to be uh, built of either masonry or wood, and they tend to feature what are called uh, punched openings. You know, uh, windows that are sort of uh, uh, rectangular and doors that are the same that are just sort of punched through the the perimeter of the building. As a result, especially in the winters here, uh, houses tend to be dark, and um, and they as, and they tend not to uh, be well insulated. As well, they tend to be too big, and uh, as a result, uh, the existing homes in the city are really difficult to renovate because uh, of the extent of the space. It, you know, you can buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars, but it'll cost you a million to fix it up. <laughs> right. So it's a it's a challenge uh, here, and that's uh, and because the built infrastructure is so extensive, uh, and because it costs a lot of money to build new, um, where a lot of architects are doing a lot of renovations here in the city. Yeah, right. So and... I would say they don't. I would say they don't respond so well. Existing homes do not respond well to their environment here. Yeah. And, of course, I'm trying, along with some of the other architects here, to come up with uh, new ways of addressing the, the issues faced by, uh, faced by our climate. So specifically, talking about that darkness issue, how do you build a light house, as in gets lots of natural daylight and get lots of, of good warmth, with without um, having too much glass in a cold environment? Yeah, I, I would say this, and it comes to a larger issue that I'd, I'd like to address. I think most homes are, are uh, boring that are built around the world. And most green homes that are, are built are also uh, filled with stale, cliched ideas. Uh-huh. I think, uh, as we were discussing before uh, you started recording, the, the real meaning of a, of a home has to do with uh, two things, the, the concepts and ideas that are built up within it, which include the green features of the project, and the, and the experience of the, of the design. And if the experience doesn't, isn't uh, usable and uh, attractive to the people who are in a, a home, then regardless of the quality of the systems inside, the, the building fails. So how do you incorporate that into the design? What does a good experience look like? Yeah, well, I would say that a house primarily needs to respond to its context. And I'm not the first person to say that, obviously. But... Uh, you know, in the United States, 95% of all homes that are built don't have architects. And they tend to be sort of kit of parts, pre-designed uh, uh, constructions that are basically placed on a site. First, you cut down all the trees on the site, then you flatten it, then you put this plan down. And it's uh, awful. But the uh, designers like uh, me in the United States are, are trying to work with the topography of, of the site. Um, to uh, perhaps build uh, earth-sheltered or partially earth-sheltered construction um, with the um, uh, to accommodate surrounding buildings if there if there are any 
and to orient the building in such a way that uh, the light comes in uh, where you want it, when you want it, and uh, in such a way that you can uh, maximize the, the glazing of the, of the project. Put as many windows in as you can, but do so in a way that doesn't uh, kill your heating bill in our, in our cold winters. I mean, here's, here's the thing. It, it, in the end, I, I place experience and ideas above the, uh, above concerns for the environment, even though I am the first to acknowledge that concern for the environment is hugely important in the design of homes. I mean, I'm lead AP, which is one standard for, for green in the, in the U S having said that, if I have to choose between creating a livable environment for my clients and uh, uh, creating tiny openings that that create a, a, a poor living environment and, and and in fact require more air exchanges, uh, I I'm going to err on the side of of creating an open livable environment that they feel comfortable with. And uh, in the end, the buildings that I create are highly energy efficient. Certainly, they're not as energy efficient, perhaps, as they as they could be. So it's always a balance, I would say. And is that sentiment because you believe that people should love their buildings and enjoy their buildings, and that should be the, the one of the primary drivers, rather than it being a chore or just a collection of stuff that they think they ought to have? That's that's precisely it. I mean, well, I mean. My my thought is that many people see houses as as places that reflect their position in society, mm. and uh, I think uh, they become sort of uh, indications to to others of uh, their success. Now, I I think that while that may not be so admirable, I think I can. I can accept that. I think what we need to do, though, is change the way people perceive how they want other people to perceive them. If green construction can become uh, uh, the the kind of aesthetic that is um, uh, admired, then I think it's it's quite possible that uh, uh, smaller, more efficient buildings could become much more uh, the norm. In fact, here in Pittsburgh, um, I call my clients the the five percenters because they're the you know people who who come to me who who really do want uh, the kind of environmental experience based designs that that I create. But my my thought is that over the next ten to fifteen years, that's going to change as more mm-hmm. uh, educated young people come to our city, and as uh, people become more. Uh, uh, attuned to uh, the the challenges that our our changing environment is is uh, creating in our economy. Is that going to be enough to change the other ninety five percent? Ninety five percent certainly not. I mean, in the end, a lot of it comes down to money. Uh, you have to pay an architect to to design a building, and if you can get the plans for free then working with an architect is going to be perceived as something which goes beyond 
the the, the most affordable route. And uh, I think architects don't educate well enough uh, other people why what we do is so valuable. As as much as I can make the argument that the thing that the, my designs may cost a little more per square foot up front, but they save you money over the long run, um, people are thinking about out of pocket uh, costs. Yeah. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I I really hate to put down what we do by comparing it to buying a TV set, but you can't always afford the you know expensive set. And people equate having a house built for them as akin to uh, uh, buying a TV. It's, it's hard. I, I don't think people really understand the, the value of, of the rich experience and the, and the uh, livability uh, that, uh, that architects create. I think we need to do a better job of getting the message out. And that's a sentiment that I have come across with many architects that I've spoken to. Something that I'm really interested in is how worldwide we get more houses and more designs seen by an architect because that's a, a very common split where you get this minority of houses that are actually thought about. And from your description of the difference between volume building and group building versus architectural design – it would seem yes. that adding an architect in the mix at the early stage would would fix a lot of problems with houses everywhere. I totally agree with that thought. Um, unfortunately, you see uh, developments generally um, in the United States not architect designed. You see uh, homes done with with different features that uh, are supposed to uh, you know make the homes uh, attractive to potential buyers and yeah. uh, in the United States you'll find that the cost of these because they're built with uh, cheap construction tends to be less than uh, the, the the buildings that, that I designed and uh, even among some of the um, more affluent people who come to me it's really hard to educate people uh, regarding the benefits of uh, designing uh, well so uh, you know, I'm, I do my best uh, personally to help spread the word. Um, I lecture on green design. I uh, uh, do everything I can to get the word out. I and mean, we're, we're speaking today from a, across the globe. And, uh, and uh, I, I don't think that the education process is easy. I don't think we're going to reach everybody. But uh, uh, I think if, if designers... Uh, care about getting the word out, then um, I think things can improve. Yeah. And as I said before, as uh, as it becomes increasingly apparent what mankind is doing to our planet, um, I think uh, that's going to uh, make people more aware of how uh, the, the places that they live in can respond to the environment. There'll be an imperative not only because of money, but because again of uh, livability yeah. and expense. Just going into some details, you mentioned the before the green aesthetic, uh, and we talked a little yeah. about the the one principle in that of of getting light into a building in a in a cold climate. What other features are there or design aspects huh. of 
green aesthetic. What can you can you paint the picture of, of a green aesthetic for us? Um, yeah, that's that's really difficult because as I suggested, my designs tend to respond uniquely to the circumstances of of their site. So there isn't one sort of look to any of the buildings that I create. They they tend to vary a lot because they they're idea based constructions rather than style based constructions. That being said, um, yeah, I can I could address that. Um, but the, isn't isn't in, that a, isn't in, before we get into the, into those yeah. features? Isn't that a key principle that there isn't one green building that but there's a there are buildings that are designed specifically for the location they're in? Isn't that isn't that the whole point? Well, that that is why I, I prefaced my remarks by by making that point. Yeah, yeah, certainly des- designing for place not only um, creates buildings that are efficient because they respond to their locations, but they create um, experiences for the people who are within them that are, that are unique that yeah. because uh, they're designed for that special uh, place. And, and by the way, a criticism I have of homes is that they don't respond to uh, the, the people who own them. Um, in, in the same way that when you get behind the wheel of a car, the, the car renders you as an individual mute because so many cars look so much alike. Mm. And once you're behind the glass, nobody knows who you are. I would say the same thing for, for homes. Uh, I'd, I'd appreciate homes that, that responded much more directly to the identities of the people within. Uh, for example, uh, I was working just two weeks ago on a housing development where each uh, potential uh, tenant in the housing uh, unit would be given a, a 10 by 12 uh, uh, billboard on the outside of their uh, house that they could uh, decorate in any way they wanted, either with a photograph of themselves and their and or, or of their dog, or with a saying, or with with artwork, and uh, whether this will actually the the manner in which this would be coordinated remains to be developed. Yeah. But uh, as an idea, having the home respond directly to the identity of the people within is is extremely important. Yeah. Is it possible then to have? bespoke houses for everyone. I mean, coming back to the car analogy, one of the things that makes cars basically affordable is that they're rolling off the production line and they're mass produced. And that is the philosophy of uh, most big developments. If we're arguing for bespoke design for particular clients in particular locations, doesn't that just drive up price and, and make it exclusive by by virtue of of that process? Yeah, uh, make no mistake. The architecture business for an architect is filled with uh, uh, apparent contradictions like that. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is absolutely true. On the, certainly, designing unique buildings for special clients. Uh, that there's associated with that um, um, increased uh, cost. Not only do you have to pay the architect, but uh, 
as well, uh, uh, not doing things the same. It's the opposite of a of a Model T. So uh, yeah, your points your points well taken for sure. Um, yeah, as well, um, arguably, just to continue with your point, any single family home uh, is uh, a, a sort of inefficient use of resources. Um, most efficiently, you'd you'd have you'd cluster uh, homes together because um, they would uh, require less surface area, cost less to build per square foot. Um, in my own home, you know, I'm using it as both an office and a home. And then I have a tenant unit downstairs. And uh, it, the idea is to get as much use out of the the building as as possible. But uh, if I had built uh, three units in, instead of one and sold two of them and lived in a space a third as big, I, I, you could make the argument that I'd be uh, uh, living more uh, efficiently. Yeah. Um, and simply saying that the answer is to establish a, a sort of balance is, is to sort of not respect the, the point of view that you just expressed, which is that uh, there are efficiencies in uh, in replication. I, I agree that there are. Um, I created a, a prototype for zero energy health a couple of years ago, and the idea was that uh, the house itself was only um, 800 square feet, um, which is just pretty small for yeah. for a, a, a home. And uh, the the idea was uh, that the green features of the project would uh, decorate this very very simple shed, and uh, in such a manner that the only part of the the design that you actually saw was the glass that covers the entire south elevation of the of the building. So the the green features of the building, the, the PV solar panels, the the solar hot water uh, panels, the uh, uh, poor man's living wall that the trellis on the left side of the the project and the and the canopy would uh, clad the building and frame the view of the interior. Then my thought was that everybody's interior would respond directly to their own needs so that even though the buildings had the same look on the outside, the perception as you move through the neighborhood would be that everybody was different uh, because you'd, there'd be this fluid, indeterminate uh, uh, boundary between the inside of the homes and uh, the outsides. So while respecting people's you know, needs for privacy, even while creating buildings that look the same, you're beginning uh, in a in a housing development to be able to allow people to, to replicate the buildings without uh, uh, and still and still make them uh, unique. The the covering the outside of the buildings with special features unique to each client is is another way to go. But you you, you certainly wouldn't want to do a whole city like that. We aren't robots. We we demand. Our, our individuality, you know, demands that that we express ourselves. Have those uh, you mentioned as a prototype? Have they gone anywhere? Um, it's actually built. You'll find it on my uh, website, which is uh, www.fisherarch.com. 
Um, F-I-S-H-E-R-A-R-C-H, and it's uh, the Irwin Studio. And uh, I'm uh, marketing the built uh, prototype to developers now, trying to you know change this single unit, um, trying to trying to convince developers to to build it uh, to build more than one of them. And here's the other thing: the price will go down by 35 percent. If you prefab the things, bring them out um, to the site in the trailer and load them onto the uh, uh, POTs, the uh, uh, concrete uh, piers that form the base of the project, with a crane rather than uh, building things in the in the site. So there's certainly efficiencies to be had. And is it, is that you know, good... I make the argument to the to the well, just one thing, and I make the argument to the developers in this in this city. It's in their best interest to be designing uh, homes that are, are smaller, more efficient, and uh, with a kind of aesthetic that I argue is beginning to be uh, established around the globe. And uh, you know, I'm continuing to make that argument. And uh, I think uh, persistence. You know, I mean, I've got a good name in the city, and over the next ten years, I'm hoping that will be. Uh, uh, that will, you know, continue, and that uh, I'll be heard more and more. That's yeah, the definitely. Patient, I feel definitely. Yeah, you've mentioned size a few times, and, and I see that you've also developed a, a concept for a, a tiny house. Is the, yes. uh, clearly that's a big part of making a house more efficient in terms of resources, and also more efficient to run and operate. Um, yes, we've talked about designing for the the local environment. Are there any other kind of key features or philosophies that, or, or um, design aspects that you think people should consider if they're looking at doing a, an efficient and healthy home? Well, I, I, I guess um, one thing that you didn't mention that I mentioned only very briefly is um, the idea of uh, renovation. Uh, again, right. in Pittsburgh, most of the work that we do and that other architects do has to do with um, building on the site where something already exists. Uh Now, frequently what happens in the city is that there'll be an existing building in place and somebody will come down and somebody's going to run numbers. Some, you know, a contractor or a developer will run numbers and just arbitrarily decide that it's, it's uh, less expensive just to start from scratch. But uh, I think that uh, buildings should be designed um, like palimpsests. Now, a palimpsest is a, a parchment on which uh, partially visible previous writings can still be uh, made out, mm-hmm. and it's often used as a metaphor for the city. So my thought is to preserve the existing constructions literally, precisely, yeah. and then build new in such a way that it contrasts uh, a lot <laughs> with the, this usually traditional uh, base. And uh, that way the, the new is respectful to the old by not trying to uh, copy it. And uh, the old remains uh, preserved. Yeah, We have a, a big stadium here in the city that just got uh, torn down last year. It's called the, the Civic Arena. And truth, you know, it's a decent structure, but not exceptional. But the point is it has been there for 40 years. And it had features that could have made it uh, useful to, for people in the in the future. Yet, um, 
you know, the thing got torn down and now there's going to be a block of streets that just, you know, is going to be placed over the top of it like uh, wallpaper. Yeah. I think cities are the richer if they preserve the memory of their past. And so, again, to just erase the the um, the our our connection to history uh, arbitrarily is um, uh, a, a problem, and it's also a problem from an environmental point of view in terms of uh, you know reusing uh, resources. And uh, I I I like to make the argument to my to my clients and that that their the experience of their homes will be more exciting with the contrast of old and new uh, preserved. Yeah, nice. Eric, we uh, need to wrap up. Um, you've mentioned your website, and I'll certainly put some links to that because you have got a great website, which is uncommon, for I find, for architects. You've got a nice, a nice <laughs> well, balance you. of um, images and work that you've, you've done, but you've also got a whole bunch of contact details there. Um, and you are all over the place as well as um, as well as your own website. You, are you active on Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, what LinkedIn, Twitter? Yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. I have uh, essays up on WordPress that uh, uh, extend a little bit the ideas that that we've been talking about yep. today. And you know, as well, I've got photos up on on other sites most of the links are available from my uh from my website yeah and are you doing work is your firm doing work outside of pittsburgh area or are you focusing mostly on pittsburgh well i i gotta tell you i here's what happens i i worked for 20 years um for mostly larger architecture firms around the world in uh, berlin and la and in uh, boston and uh, I worked on the Getty Museum for four years. And then I moved here and uh, here to Pittsburgh. When you start your own firm, you start out by designing uh, first bathrooms, then uh, maybe some interior design work in, yeah. a, in a part of a house, and then a renovation, and then you get the commission for a house. And then you start getting commercial businesses. And, and I'm in year eight um, of having my own business. So it's, it's a very young uh, practice. And uh, you know we're we're still um, working to to develop the designs. So the website uh, is a mixture of uh, theoretical work and and built work. Um, a large part of that is because we a lot of the stuff that we've done hasn't been uh, built yet or is just under construction at uh, at this uh, moment. Nice. So I'm hoping to you know continue to devote my energy to. Uh, Developing my practice and getting the getting the word out about uh, experience based uh, green uh, design, awesome. and uh, to, you know, doing my best to make that affordable uh, for folks, even as I accept the ambiguity of uh, of uh, what you've said about uh, designing uh, uh, for uh, uniquely for for clients and the associated costs. Yeah, but you've you've hinted at some solutions through that, like prefab, which <laughs> we haven't we haven't explored today. But I've talked about that before on the show, and and maybe we can get you back on to uh, to see how that's going in a, in a in a year or so, and see how you're going on that journey. 
Thanks. And as well, there's new products like radiant heated glazing yeah. that uh, wow. is helping uh, uh, us get to, to zero energy affordably. There's a, a company up in uh, Katanning, about 40 miles north of us, uh, that's actually created radiant heated glazing for two of our projects. And in that way, we were able to do a zero energy house that's 60% glazed, wow. which is just simply unheard of. And then that allows us to, uh, you know, create the relationship that we want between inside and outside. So uh, certainly new green products are very important as well. Well, helping to make green houses less boring. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, there are architects all around the the globe who are doing that. I'm happy to to play my uh, part in in this, this challenge. I mean, uh, just two weeks ago, I was at a, a passive house uh, here in this city that looked exactly like any other home. Yeah, uh, right. It's a multifamily project, and uh, I don't think it had to. So uh, how does a home or uh, a multifamily project respond directly to its location, to its green features? That's something uh, uh, I and other uh, architects will be continuing to to figure out over yeah. the next uh, over the coming decade. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Eric. Really appreciate it. We will uh, yeah we'll continue to um, stay in touch and and look forward to seeing how your journey goes. Good. Well, thanks so much, and good luck to you. I, I really like that you're getting the word out about uh, uh, green design, yeah. and I'll continue to follow your site as well. Cool. Uh, I'm interested in. Uh, I'll, I'll learn from it. So, Thank you. So thanks so much for doing what you do. All right. Cheers, Eric. Eric Fisher there coming to us from Pittsburgh in the U.S. Thanks, uh, Eric, for your time. Really appreciate your time on the show and also some really interesting insights there. And it's I love getting some ideas from a seasoned architect like that, just about the, the kind of philosophy of architecture, but also that question, that ongoing question I have about how we can get more architects, uh, more houses being seen by an architect because I do believe that that is one way that we can help improve housing stock around the world is having uh, having it designed properly in the first place. If you want to help with your design, then that is something that I would love to help out with. I have a service through homestylegreen.com uh, where I can look at your design and give you some independent recommendations it's called a design review and more than happy to um, help you with that even if it's just to look over some plans and get some ideas or it could be going a little bit deeper and looking at doing some energy modeling and getting some analysis done of of, uh, some decisions that you might be facing either in a renovation or a new build if you think that could be useful for your project then get in touch you can email me matthew at homestylegreen.com or you can contact me through Facebook or Twitter or on our website, that is homestylegreen.com. And you can find all the notes for this episode at homestylegreen.com forward slash 128. Now, if they're not there immediately upon the release of this uh, podcast, then do come back and visit because I'll be pushing this one out pretty quickly, but uh, the notes may be a couple of days later. Thanks very much for tuning in. Now go make a better place to live.